Hello and welcome back to You Are My Borough, our first of 2024. Happy New Year. Hope you all had a, an excellent New Year's Eve. But obviously the start of 2024 wasn't what wasn't what we hoped for. Defeat to Coventry City. Scott, you were there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it at length. Um, yeah. Six points from 12 over the Christmas period. Three points against West Brom. Defeat at Rotherham. A win at Huddersfield. Defeat at Coventry. If, if someone had said to me before those games, you're going to get six points. I think I'd have pinned them down as the other way. I think I'd have fancied Borough to get the wins at Rotherham and against Coventry yeah. and yeah. maybe lose to West Brom and Huddersfield. That that probably sums up where things are at right now, doesn't it, really? I think it does, doesn't it? I, I'm just remembering back to the pre-Christmas one. I think we both went for nine points, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. We, we should have been right with that because Borough should have won at Rotherham. That's right. the game, isn't it? Yeah. That's the game. I, I thought that Coventry at the end of it that was the one that I did predict that they might well lose because um, I'd seen Coventry at Sunderland. I knew what they were capable of on the counter-cap kind of thing. And it, and it just felt like that that might be a game too far. It's the Rotherham game that's the one that got away for Borough over Christmas because, you know, they shouldn't be losing at Rotherham, whatever, should they? But they certainly shouldn't be losing at Rotherham when they've created the number of chances they did yeah. and played the way that they did. That's the one that feels like, you know, if even a point there but you know had they won that and it was nine out of 12 then that's a great that's a great Christmas as it is probably feels about par for the course in terms of the injury situation which I'm sure we'll get to and, and what they've had to contend with it, it, it doesn't feel like it's been a sensational Christmas but it doesn't feel like it's been a disastrous one either and I, and I think probably as I say with, with how thin the squad is at the minute that's probably about as good as they could have hoped for what it has been is a is a hectic Christmas. Did did that tell in the second half against Coventry? We, we, because of so many players out, look at that bench, which clearly we're going to discuss. Did, yeah. did it just all catch up with them? That's what it felt like. I mean, listen for for, for half an hour of that game, probably as good as Borough have attacked for for a good long while. I thought um, created a number of chances. I mean, there was about a 20-minute spell in the middle of the first half when Coventry literally couldn't get out of their half. They were being pinned back by Borough. Uh, there was a lot of corners, a lot of balls into the box. There was some really nice passing football from Borough. Um, Jones was a real threat. I thought Rodgers was superb in that first half. They get the goal. And then, it, in fairness, Coventry's equaliser pretty much comes from nowhere. It's a corner into the box. Glover makes a good save. Borough can't get the ball away. Sakamoto hits one that, that that could easily have hit people on the way through. As it is, it threads its way through a pretty packed box, goes in. Okay, 1-1. But then in the second half, completely different game. Borough, not really a threat going forward at all. Can't get anything going. Coventry looking dangerous every time they break. Borough's defence really stretched. Just not the legs in that Borough side anymore. And that's when, I think, it, it, ideally... Michael Carrick would have made three subs on the hour mark because For that's sure. what the game needed. Borough were running out of steam. Coventry were getting on top. Um, Coventry had more energy. They were bringing subs on. And clearly the issue is that you look at that bench and there was just nothing there for him. So, you know, Josh Coburn has to play the full 90 minutes, um, even though I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that Carrick would have wanted him off after 60, 70. And, and Josh Blessing was, you know, pretty much running on fumes by the end. But, but he had to play. So... Um, so, yeah, a combination of the schedule catching up with him, but but obviously the injury situation catching up with him and the fact that 
there just wasn't the options there to be able to freshen things up or change it. And, and, and there's good news or promising news on the injury front. Yeah, that was that was the positive afterwards, really, because we kind of came in and 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 you know Michael Carrick obviously debriefs the game and everything, and but, but dropped in a, a kind of hint that well, you know, the hope would definitely be that there there would be players back this week and, and potentially for the Villa game and the Chelsea game. Um, now, kind of the way things would normally be with Michael Carrick. Once he was then kind of asked to name names, normally that would be a, a kind of shut up shop, really. But in fairness to him, he, he, he was pretty open and honest that no, Hackney will hopefully train, Crooks will hopefully train, Latalath will hopefully train. So I think the fact that he actually was willing to discuss those players individually gives a pretty strong indication that they'll be out on that training pitch this week. And all being well, they'll be in and around the squad now. That's certainly not to say that they'll be starting against Villa. You know, Latalath might, because he hasn't been out for that long. I think it's very unlikely that, that Crooks probably goes straight in. I think it's probably extremely unlikely that Hackney goes straight in, because the last thing, understandably, that, that Carrick will want is for those players to break down. But it sounds like they could definitely be in the squad for Villa, and you'd like to think potential start against Chelsea, what, three or four days later? But just straight away getting those three back in the squad changes the outlook and the complexion of things massively. Well, I mean, if you put those three in the starting 11, or two of the three, say, in the starting 11, then potentially Barlasa drops out or Greenwood drops out yeah. or Coburn, Coburn or Latte Latte. Like you say, when, when you turn to the bench after an hour and you have them, or if you add Marcus Force, or if you add Silvera and McGree, yeah. That are away. It's a complete, it's a completely different picture, isn't it? And and Mark Robbins admitted as much afterwards, didn't he? Yeah, it was very good. I mean, we've seen plenty enough of Mark Robbins in the last oh. four, 14 months. So I feel like I've interviewed him as much as I have Michael Carrick. Um, but he always impresses me, Mark Robbins. I think he talks really well about the game in general, about his side, about the state of things. Um, I, I think I think he deserves a shot at a Premier League job personally for the job he's done there at Coventry over what, you know, everything he's had to deal with off the pitch initially, but then just rebuilding that team, you know, forget we talk about the players Burrow lost in the summer, but they lost Jokerez and um, Hamer, who were the two best players by a mile last season. And yet he's rebuilt a side there that, that looks like it'll be challenging for the, well, it is challenging for the playoffs now, isn't it? It will be challenging for the playoffs come the end of the season. Um, but he was very honest. Yeah, he was very honest, very open and basically said, look, you know, we kind of got Burrow at a good time here. You know, I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I think we need to kind of acknowledge what, what Michael's having to, to deal with here and the fact that, he, you know, his squad is massively stretched. Um, and, and yeah, he, he was pretty honest and open about that. I mean, I, what I would have to say is I thought Covenant were good in that second half. I thought for all that Borough ran out of steam, which they definitely did, as an, as an opposition, you've still got to make the most of that and exploit it. And, and Coventry did. I, I thought um, Sakamoto looks a good player. I mean, he obviously got the two goals. I thought he was really good when I saw Coventry at Sunderland about a month ago. Um, Wright and Sims dovetail nicely. O'Hare's a good player. So, you know, it's a bit of both. But Borough definitely kind of hit the wall in that second half. But but I did think Coventry played well. And and for all, I agree. I mean, Mark Robbins has done it. He did he he done a remarkable job before last season's success, hadn't he? He'd done a yeah. mark, remarkable job in just stabilizing Coventry, and and he's doing it. He's doing another good job this year. They're, they're they're on the brink of the playoffs again now, aren't they? But um, he has had money to spend, hasn't he? You know, yeah. Ellis six million, Hadji yeah. Wright was seven million, Sadamore. Yeah. I think he was just over a million. But 
there's 15 million pounds worth of talent there. That, that shows when when a team that are seventh, eighth, or ninth are spending that money, just kind of shows what you're up against, really, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. And it it, it probably, you know, is that where Borough are going to be at somewhere down the line with Hayden Hackney? Mm. Possibly. You know, we we don't want to wish Hayden Hackney away. I certainly don't. You know, he, he's been brilliant for Borough. We've seen how much they've missed him. He's a local lad. He's everything. But there's a good chance if Borough aren't promoted that sometime in the next, what, 12, 18 months, Premier League clubs will come in for Hayden Hackney and Borough will have a decision to make. Now, if they sell Hackney for the kind of money that you'd like to think they would be selling him for if they were going to do it, how you then reinvest that money is absolutely massive for a, for a club like Borough or Coventry or whatever because you're not going to get many Hayden Hackneys. Coventry are not going to get many Yokerezas that they can sell for big money. Um, and so if if or when you do that, with Sunderland are going to have it with Jack Clark, aren't they? Almost certainly. It's what you do with that money. And, and it's still early days for Coventry, but it looks like they've spent that reasonably well. And that's what Borough would have to do if they were to sell Hackney. Because the only reason you'd sell a Hayden Hackney if you're Borough is because you can then spread that money and improve the squad. Um, and like I say, it is early days, but it looks like Coventry have done that reasonably well. Let's talk transfers then. Um, there's absolutely no indication that there's, that, you know, we we know Hayden Hackney has Premier League admirers, obviously, but there's no indication that that there's going to be strong interest or bids in, in this January window. Like like you say, it feels more like if anything, if there was good, if if there was going to be firmed up interest, that it, then it then it then it's likely to come in the summer, isn't it? But yeah. but in terms of incomings. Um, Centre forward, defender, centre forward's a priority, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've we've said a centre half and a centre forward kind of all the way through the first half of the season, haven't we? I mean, and, it's, and it still feels like that. I mean, I think what's been interesting is um, you pre-match and myself post-match, there was discussion around, look, you know, you've got, you've got this such a thin squad, you've got these players away, you've got injuries... There must be a temptation, isn't there, to just bring in a couple of stopgap signings just to get bodies in the building and get you through this next two or three months. And and both both times, Carrick could not have been stronger in saying, no, that's not what we're going to do. You know, we're not interested in that. Yes, the squad's really tight at the minute, but it's getting we, get, we are getting players back. In the next two or three weeks, the squad will look different. It'll look different again come the start of next month when McGree's back and Silvera's back and Dieng's back. So... The last thing we want to do really is just make a few knee-jerk, quick-fix signings that then come February, March time, they're sat on the bench, they're kicking their heels and they go and are forgotten about at the end of the season. And I think that's commendable really because mm -hmm. it would be, you know, there's plenty of other managers that would be banging the door down now saying, look, I don't care about that. I just need someone to get me through this next month. So I think what we can take from that is that the, the, the transfer priorities haven't really changed in the last couple of months because of the injury situation. So what were the transfer priorities two, three months ago? Well, a striker and a centre-half. And I think that's still the case. Now, the centre-half's always been a bit wrapped up in the McNair situation, hasn't it? It was obviously going into the last six months of his deal, but who is obviously at the moment injured. So that's still a bit of an unknown what happens there. Um, but yeah. I still think a striker and a centre-half are the two areas that it feels like Borough will be looking to do their business in this month. And, and is there a difference between um, 
so we know that Borough want to move away from from the kind of idea of, of of bringing in a whole host of loan signings and yeah. and obviously having a repeat of the situation they found themselves in this summer where they where they had to replace virtually half the team. But 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 it's been pretty clear on and off the record, hasn't it, that that just because that's the case, that doesn't mean that they're closing the door on the loan market altogether. Get if the if the opportunity presents itself for, for a loan signing from the Premier League, a centre forward, that that's not a stopgap, is it? That that no. that is a potential game changer. And if you're if you're then only having to if you're bringing one loan signing in, well aware really that the likelihood is he's going to go in the summer. Well, that that's an altogether different scenario to last season when you have half a dozen players who you who you're having to. To replace, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. weren't brought in when the manager was in place anyway, because it was a previous manager who was there. Yeah. So, so that that that'll be a market the monitoring, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think when when he, when Carrick's talking about not wanting a squat stopgap or a quick fix, right back, for example, Anthony Dykesdale's got this injury. Yeah. Tommy Smith, we know, is out for the season, but Vandenberg can play there. Yes, it's not ideal because you might need him at centre half. But then again, if McNair comes back, you don't necessarily need Vandenberg to cover at centre-half. It can be a specialist right-back if you want him to be. And a push, you could go to wing-back size. So that that would, you know, if Borough went and signed a journeyman right-back on a short-term deal, that would be a stopgap signing. That's the type of thing they're not wanting to do. Martin Craney. On loan. Sorry, go on. Martin Craney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a striker on loan to the end of the season to supplement an attack that is already, you know, short, that is, is short on numbers, has been short on numbers all the way through the season. Like you said, that's not that's not a quick fix. That That is strengthening the squad between now and the end of the season. And I think, yeah, as you rightly said, there's a desire not to pack the squad with a load of that so that come the summer you're, you're starting from scratch. Well, you sign one lone striker, that's not forcing it to start from scratch again in the summer, is it? So um, I'd be surprised if they brought in a lone centre-half because I've, it's always felt to me that like that's the position they would probably want to do something permanent in, especially as I keep coming back to with the uncertainty on what happens to McNair beyond the end of the season. But uh, a Premier League lone striker, yeah, I think Borough would be absolutely in that market if they can get someone who's going to be able to make a difference. Now, you know, you look around the Premier League clubs at the minute and it doesn't feel like there's absolutely loads that's going to be out there. I mean, you know, Cameron Archer was a name that had been talked about as a potential loan signing for someone for, for quite a while. It, it impressed um, the press in the year earlier. Exactly, it? yeah. It doesn't, at the moment, feel like there's a whole host of those type of players, does it? And, and Balogun was exactly the same the year yeah. earlier, wasn't he? He was another one where it was an obvious step for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you look at you look at your obvious clubs: Arsenal, not really anyone there. Um, Chelsea, well, you know, Brozier was the one who always you wondered if he would end up going out on loan to either a Premier League or a Championship club, but they probably need him at the minute because Unkunku's not really settled. Man United, well, goodness, Man United haven't got a striker. You know, where on earth do they go? Liverpool will have a whole host of strikers, but they're not going to be sending any of them out on loan. You know, where are these loan Premier League centre-forwards going to come from? I think I think it's an interesting... Newcastle clearly haven't got one, otherwise they would have been playing in when they haven't had a striker all, all, all um, you know, the first half of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see where, where if any, those, those targets are. 
Last week, I'd set about convincing myself that a Patrick Bamford loan exit from Leeds made sense. Yeah. Um, he wasn't playing. He wasn't starting. Uh, we know what he's capable of. It. Blah, you know, you could go on yeah, and on yeah, and on. Yeah. And, then, and then he starts and scores yesterday, doesn't yes, he? For, for Leeds he the um, I mean, he's the a real Tim Shady well. now, isn't he? Have you seen the haircut? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think he made that. I think that was it. That made its debut when Borough played there. Um, right. Got a bit of a response from probably Borough right. Fans, yeah, you're probably right. You can well imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. Like you say, funnily enough, I've only been having this conversation with one of my mates this morning where we've said it in, in previous years. Again, just like speculative. Yeah. There's been obvious. Premier, Liam Delap was talked about for two or three years. And yet, like, clearly there will be strikers. Um, yeah. But there, there are no obvious names or maybe quite as obvious names as, as previous years. That, no, and it, and it feels mm -hmm. like while there will be strikers, as you say, they're probably at a level where this would be their first championship loan move. And that mm. always feels that little bit riskier than like an Archer who's, or even a Rodgers who'd, who'd already played at least some championship football. You know, you, you pluck someone from the real kind of academy ranks who's never played senior football or maybe just had a little bit in League Two or something like that, then... It feels like it's going to ask a lot for them to be the player who changes Borough's fortunes in the second half of a championship season, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I think Cor just on the strikers, credit to Josh Corburn, because to think that um, in the summer, really, it was accepted that he was going out on loan. Now, yeah. had had this first half of the... He stayed maybe partly out of necessity and partly because he, he clearly impressed in the summer. Um but had this first half of the season not quite gone to plan, Borough could he could very easily have been in a position where Borough looking and thinking we need to get yeah Josh out because even even if even though Borough really have been in a position where they've had to play him, had Coburn just looked not ready, that they, they could have very easily been in a position where he's look we've got to get him out to play regularly in the second half of the season, be it the bottom half of the champ the bottom end of the championship or top end of League One, and yet. He made a huge difference from the bench at Huddersfield. Mm. Um and and his involvement was celebrated, wasn't it, against Coventry yeah. on 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 New Year's Day. He took his goal really well. I mean, it was a yeah, lovely he, he took his goal really well. Um and like I say, you know, for for an hour, certainly for 45 minutes, probably you could argue for an hour. He he, he led the line really well. He tied up Coventry's defenders, he asked questions, he linked play. He just ran out of steam completely. Understandable, isn't it? In the, last, in the last quarter of the game. But he wasn't the only Borough player. And like you say, he's got every excuse going under the sun, given that he, you know, he's obviously had the injury and he's been used so sparingly. And yet, all of a sudden, he had to play that, those full 90 minutes when, when Borough were you know, behind the eight ball, 3-1 down in the last 15 minutes or so. The, the, the next week then, um, Villa and Chelsea. We, we've, we've touched on Villa briefly haven't we a couple of weeks ago but um it's an interesting one isn't it because Chelsea is clearly the more important game there yeah um you want to get a result against Villa but but it's not the end of the world if things don't go to plan there and yet what you don't really want is a repeat of Brighton last season and then going oh. into that Chelsea game so what do you do with the team does he even have the options to it's a difficult one to approach, isn't it? It is. I mean, the first thing I would say is, and I, and I could be wrong here, 
I suspect Villa will make a load of changes. Yeah. I suspect Unai Emery will make 8, 9, 10, 11 changes. Now, he's got the squad to do it. It'll still be a decent Villa squad, uh, Villa side. But I think, you know, Chelsea clearly are not going to be playing anything other than their full-strength team for a Carabao Cup semi-final. The Villa game, I think, is a little bit different in that, like I say, I, I think I think Emery tends to make changes for domestic cup competitions, whatever. I think given the the, the, the schedule that Villa have just had, like the whole, you know, the rest of the Premier League, I, th I think there'll definitely be a load of changes there. So, what does Carrick do? I, I think in an ideal world, he'd want to make three, two or three um, and, and, and take a couple of players out and freshen things up a little bit. But it's, is he going to be able to do so? I mean, like, like I alluded to, I could see Latalath going straight back in because he hasn't been out for that long. But Crooks. do you start hearing Hackney when he's only just coming back into training this week? When you know that you probably want to start him against Chelsea if you can, I think you leave him on the bench for Villa and, and start him against Chelsea. And I think the same is potentially true, true of Matt Crooks. Um, I think the one thing that you can do then is... The is, one thing um, with Crooks, sorry to put in, is obviously oh, yeah. Greenwood can't play... Greenwood can't play in that Chelsea game. In the Chelsea so, game, yeah. So you play Greenwood on Saturday. So Greenwood yeah. plays whatever on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, the thing with Crooks is, Rodgers, for me, was Borough's best player by a, by a fair distance on Co in, in the Coventry game. I mean, I, you know, are we now saying that Rodgers is Borough's first choice, number 10, even if Crooks is fit? Possibly. In which case, maybe maybe you're going to play a Crooks against Villa, and if he's right, and then Rodgers comes back against Chelsea because the way he's been playing, I, I think I think you'd want Rodgers in 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 the bigger game, which is the Chelsea game. Well, well, on Rodgers, I I thought Huddersf the Huddersfield game was 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 a real positive because I thought he had his worst game that he's had for for. Or not his worst, his most ineffective game. Yeah. Or, or for the most part, certainly in the first half, he was anonymous in the first half. And and you thought, ah, oh, this this is to be expected with maybe that type of player at this stage yeah. of his career, inconsistency, he's going to drift in and out of games. And then he pops up with the through ball for Coburn's goal and then wins the penalty. And I'm coming away thinking, well, that's kind of what you want from that type of player, isn't it? Yeah, even yeah. in even in his off games, even when it isn't working for him, if he can come up with that moment. And, and I remember us talking about it at the start of the season. I, I can't remember what game you've been to, but you said that the kind of worry is, well, Borough, have they got an X factor this season? Do they have someone mm -hmm. who can turn a game in an instant? You're looking at Rodgers now, and we've seen flashes of it from Greenwood, although I think he's had a, a poo a few weeks. Yeah. Um, but you're seeing flashes from Rodgers. That he can be that player. He is that player. Well, what he did in, in in the Coventry game particularly well in the first half, obviously in particular when Borough were on top, admittedly, was was he took the ball and he ran at the Coventry defence and he, he he broke Borough forty yards up the pitch. Hmm. Um, and and I think in a game like Chelsea where Borough are not going to have the lion's share of the ball, they're going to be sitting deep, and then when they get it, they're going to have to spring and they're going to have to break and they're going to have to get up the pitch quickly. I think he's absolutely ideal for that. He's, he's, he's almost certainly better at that than Crooks is. So, you know, I, I think I think in some ways he's the ideal player for those Chelsea games because, um, you know, he is going to spark counter-attacks for Borough, which all things being equal, even in the home game, you'd be surprised if Borough had more than 50% of possession against Chelsea, aren't you? They're going to have long periods where they sat back, but then when they turn it over, 
They're going to have to get up the pitch. And, and that was what Rodgers did really well against Coventry. Did, did you see any of that Luton game, that Luton-Chelsea game? Uh, did I see? No, I didn't. The 3-2, no. That, no. That, 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 I didn't see it all. Um, but but, but that kind of, I came away from there thinking, well, what you see there is a little bit of a kind of sobering reality of like, for oh, Christ, you know, the, yeah. the, this is what they're capable of. You know, they've, they've got the players that can turn it on, they can, they can win a game in an instant. And yet the last 10, 15 minutes is what we talked about previously, like that soft centre, really, if you yeah. if you get at them, if you make get things uncomfortable. I think there was a, a bit of good and a bit of bad to come from uh, that, really. My, my my main takeaway from that game was why on earth did I have Cole Palmer as my first substitute in my fantasy football team? <laughs> <laughs> 18 <laughs> points, mocking me, sat on my bench. Um. That was that was see- yeah that was that ruined my what was it was it uh, the thirtieth one at the oh, Saturday yeah. God no God no I was up my mum and dad's and it ruined my day completely ruined my day Did you see the Morgan Rogers the celebration thing Yeah Yeah like I, which I didn't realise I did I mean obviously the the kind of Man City and similar yeah. age and, um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, ju- just a shout out to Chris Mosley, Borough's physio. I don't know whether you'd seen, yes. but it was his 1,000th Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly Borough's longest serving first team staff member. Can't be many. There can't be many. There can't be many in the yeah. AFL who've racked up 20 odd years and, no, and a thousand games. And, and to be fair, he, he'll have been busier in the last fortnight than he's well, been. <laughs> I was, just about to, I was just about to say he's earned his money in these he last He hasn't had much of a Christmas. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine he's had much time off over Christmas. No, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, no, I think, yeah, I mean, this is incredible. And, and to be fair, you know, we're we're fortunate that we're in and around Rockcliffe a bit, aren't we, with press conferences and, and the like and all of that. And you kind of see the people who are the people behind the first team. And, and you know, it's it's a, it's a kind of um, footballing cliche, if you like, isn't it? But, but they're the heart of the football club, really. You know, players come and go, uh, managers come and go, whatever. But, you know, the, the two kind of constants are the fans, clearly, but then also the support staff and the people who are there who, who love the football club and, and, and you know, work every every minute completely unsung, completely behind the scenes, but but do everything they can to keep the show on the road. And then, um, yeah, Chris is certainly in that camp. He'd write a good book, wouldn't he? When you think back at the think back of what's happened over the last, he'd have some tales, wouldn't he? Managers, whether he'd be able to tell some of them or not, would be quite <laughs> another. But there'll, there'll be some tales in there. Goodness me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So congratulations to Chris. As I say, that that's um, that's some achievement. Press conference on Thursday for Michael Carrick ahead of that Aston Villa game on on Saturday. Um, I don't know what I don't know what we'll get out of it injury wise because clearly he's already. He's already, uh, yeah, he's already I think, give us a give us I think a, he's probably said what he wants to say. I suspect it'll be yes, they've had a little run out, but it's early days. We'll be monitoring them closely ahead of the villa game and we'll see where they're at. Which which to be fair, it is is where it's gonna be, isn't it? You know, if if, if Hayden Hackney's only start well, today'll be a warm down day for the for the players that played yesterday, won't it? So, you know, it's only really gonna be starting proper training on Wednesday. So Probably by the time we speak to Michael Carrick, those players will have only had one or at the absolute most two sessions. So he's not going to want to commit too much until we see how they come out of that and and, and if they are okay. But um, but like you know, as as to get back to where we started this vid, really, it's um, it's it's a massive positive and it's massively needed that those type of players are starting to come back. Before we wrap up, uh, we're recording this on on Tuesday afternoon. 
a few hours after Wayne Rooney's torturous tenure at Birmingham came to an end. It, it started with a Morgan Rogers last gasp defeat at Borough. Yes. And you'd never have imagined back then it would have gone quite so badly for him and it would have ended quite so quickly. No, I mean, it felt... It was always a punt, wasn't it? Clearly. Yeah, it, it, it was clear that it was a it was a decision taken for non-footballing reasons, wasn't it? Jot Eustace was not doing anything wrong there. In fact, he was doing an awful lot right. But, you know, American ownership, change of owner, get Wayne Rooney in, get bums on seats, get the profile up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I've got to admit, like... He's an easy, it's a, he's an easy one to mock Rooney, isn't he? But I actually thought he did all right at Derby. And, and, you know, I, yeah, I, admittedly, admittedly, it was such a basket case of a club that that expectations were kind of not there, and in, in some ways, it was a free hit for him. But but I, certainly, when, whenever I spoke, you know, when, when Burrow were playing them or when Sunderland were playing them, when we covered them, I thought he came across quite well, and, and I thought he did a decent enough job there. So, you know. I, I didn't necessarily think it was the right move to Birmingham for Birmingham to make, but I definitely didn't think it would go as spectacularly badly wrong as it has done. And I mean, all of a sudden, Birmingham now have to get this right because they're banging the relegation equation. You know, from 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 at the start of the season, you're thinking, well, can they sustain the playoff push? Now it's can they just get themselves into mid-table and, and get any kind of stability this season? It's an interesting appointment, isn't it? And, and apologies if you're watching or listening to this and a, and a swift appointment has been made. I don't yeah. know whether that's going to be the case, but feels like, you know, when, when Eustace went, there was a lot made of kind of the style we want Birmingham to go down. I can't remember I can't remember the exact phraseology Gary Cook used, but it was all yeah. about kind of the front foot and what would... So so with an ex-manager, do they want an A-lister? Do they want... Do they want do, are, they, are, they, are they going for someone who's going to play the right way? Do they want someone like John Eustace who's going to come in and get results again. Tony Mowbray is eight to one. I'd seen for the job. I, I can't imagine he'll end up there. But um, Steve Cooper's yeah. a favourite as things stand. It, it it is an interesting one, isn't it? As to what route they'll go down. Will will they, will they learn any lessons from this appointment? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's all very well wanting someone for the long term and wanting to put more long term plan in place. Um, and and. You know, yeah, that's all very laudable. That's fine, but the, you, you've got to get the man, the right man for the job. You've got to get someone who can do it. And at the moment, Birmingham are in such a tailspin that it kind of feels like it's got to be a little bit short term because oh, if this carries on for another month. You know, it's available. <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> well, are they doing a Netflix series? They will be one there if they've got all those. Oh, they, they must be doing a Netflix series. I mean, Christ yeah, Almighty, the, if, 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 if it's viewers the ones, then there's well, your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would uh, that would be entertaining, wouldn't it? My goodness me. Borough, Borough are there, and, and finally to bring it back to Borough. So Borough are there at the end of this month. I think it's January the twenty seventh. Let me have a look. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Obviously, the, obviously, we're looking at. at um, I've just lost my way. You're looking at the cup games for what's coming up in the next week. Clearly, the Chelsea game takes priority. But then, but then after that, after that first Chelsea game, Millwall away, Rotherham at home, Birmingham away. Yeah, I know Millwall have picked up a little bit, but and, and bloody hell, you know, Borough lost at Rotherham last week. So I can't believe I'm even saying this. But does does that look like quite kind? It does. 
It does, and then you've got Sunderland at home after that, haven't you? So and Bristol City, you've been in miss it. it you know, I've had worse runs, although although Bournemouth yeah. got the points against the teams at the top end. Well, that's the ironic thing, isn't it? You know, you beat Leicester at home, and then you can't beat Rotherham away. So you know, it's it, it, it is hard to predict. But that said, Millwall away, Rotherham at home, Birmingham away. It's not a bad run, is it? You, you take that really. So, um, you know, especially for when they're going to be McGreeless. They're going to be without Silvera. They're going to have Glover in goal, who, who, in fairness to him, hasn't done an awful lot wrong um, thus far. Um, it feels like a chance, doesn't it? I, I think you'd be disappointed if you were going into the Sunderland game and Borough were in a worse position than they are now in terms of proximity to the playoff pack. Put it like that. You, you'd want to be going into that Sunderland game no worse than you are now. Ideally, a little bit nearer the top six, and it feels like that's a, a very achievable aim. And, it, and if you think that the next league game isn't until the 13th, but then you've got another week until the, the Rotherham game in the 20th, by that stage, you're clearly going to have players back. You, yeah. you might have made a signing or two, and things feel and look very a different. different Squad-wise, yeah, definitely. And then, like you say, you know, another couple of weeks after that, you've, you've got the international lads back. Be interesting to see what how McGree looks, won't it? Actually, because we haven't really seen an awful lot of him. You know, he, he's obviously been coming off the bench a little bit over Christmas and stuff. But um, but it'd be interesting to watch him over there and just see see how he actually is is looking. I I I've got to be honest. I, I don't have the Asian Cup schedule off the top of my head, so I'll have to. Uh... I don't. <laughs> I'll have I'm to not give it a look. off the uh, tongue at the moment. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, the next one is 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 an upbeat reflection of a win. Although, if it is after an Aston Villa game, then that certainly would be something to celebrate as we look ahead to that Chelsea game. And, yeah. and if Neil Warnock does get the Birmingham job, then maybe we can get him on for a "You Are My Borough" special. <laughs> but, yeah. At some yeah. point at some point later this month. Um, <laughs> do subscribe if you're not already uh, on YouTube. That would be uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, give us a rate and review if, if you're listening on your podcast channels. Thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the, enjoy the rest of your week and, uh, and we'll speak to you next time on You Are My Borough.